Welcome to another exciting episode of the decline and fall of America. I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the great misty beyond. Today we have a fascinating subject to discuss. We're going to be talking about student loan debt and how Americans now owe $1.7 million in student loan debt. It's absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a staggering number. I mean, how is it that Americans now owe $1.7 trillion? Trillion. That's trillion with a T. $1.7 trillion. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the number is unbelievable. How did that happen? How did we, how did we get to that point? Well, you know, let's discuss this. I mean, let's take a look at it. So Americans, you know, they want to go to college like everybody else, at least some of them want to get a college degree, maybe get a little bit more knowledge, make them a better person, possibly make them more knowledgeable, possibly maybe get a career where they can make enough money to raise a family, possibly. So they go to college, some of them. And to do that, over the last few decades, they've had to go into debt, $1.7 trillion in debt. That's a lot of money. Well, how did that happen? Well, some, several things happened. First of all, uh, states and the federal government used to provide a lot more money to the colleges than they do now, and they've cut that back. You know, we're spending all our federal money on foreign wars, 50 foreign wars since the end of World War II. We've spent trillions and trillions of dollars bombing the hell out of the rest of the world, but there's no money for our own citizens back home. And one of the things that got cut was the education of our citizens to pay for bombs in the military. So that's one part. The states, which traditionally have provided a lot of funding, at least for the public universities, they've cut back their levels of funding as our corrupt two political parties have decided to steal more money for themselves and waste more money on their pet projects. So they've taken money away from higher education, from colleges. That's part of it. And then part of it is that the colleges themselves have gotten greedy They've raised the price of tuition way faster than the rate of inflation. They've increased, the administrators have increased their salaries to just stratospheric levels. For example, the major public university in our area recently increased the salary of its failed chancellor, its new failed chancellor, who just came in about, I don't know, less than a year ago. She now makes $700,000 per year. This at a time when the average American makes $50,000 per year. Well, she isn't worth it. So, And you could easily find people to take that job for a fraction of that salary. So why is it that the universities, the administrators that have run it, all of a sudden think that they are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars? Well, nobody can afford that. So that's part of the, the problem that has led to $1.7 trillion in student debt. And then the, the university faculty, if they're tenured, like at our local public university, every seventh year they get a free year of paid off work. They call it a sabbatical. So every seven years they get a year where they get paid to do nothing. I don't know of any other career that does that. Who can afford that? Their salaries used to be for university professors, used to be around 100000 which was twice the average American salary. Many of our professors now are making $200,000. It's a lot of money, and also they don't work very much. They only teach a couple courses a semester. They might work 10 or 20 hours a week if they have tenure. So it's become a part-time job that pays hundreds of thousands of dollars if you're able to get tenure. 
And as a result, who can afford to pay this? Who can afford to pay people for doing nothing? And that's basically what's happened. So it's a combination of state and federal funding being cut, the university administrators increasing tuition and other fees like dorm fees and food fees and all the rest of that, way beyond the rate of inflation, and then salaries for administrators and faculty members skyrocketing. The combination of all of these things has really jacked up the price of the universities. Families cannot afford it. Salaries have not kept up in the United States. And as a result, since families cannot afford it, the students end up borrowing more and more money in order to chase the American dream. So today, let's talk about that. This is an article that I'm going to read. It's from CNBC News. Uh, The title of the article is, This is How Student Loan Debt Became a $1.7 Trillion Crisis. And this is the article. Quote, key points. College graduates are drowning in debt, but it didn't have to be this way. Steadily tuition increases have outpaced incomes, forcing families to rely on student loans to help foot the bill. And at this pace, the outstanding student loan debt could topple $3 trillion by 2035, according to one report. Quote, for decades now, the country's outstanding student loan debt balance has only trended in one direction, up. Today, around 44 million Americans owe a combined $1.7 trillion, that is $1.7 trillion for their education, but it didn't have to be that way. Legislation like the GI Bill, the National Defense Education Act, and Higher Education Act of 1965 paved the way for greater access to college and enrollment while while college and enrollment grew, while the cost did remain low, but eventually deep cuts in state funding for higher education paved the way for significant tuition increases and pushed more of the costs of the college onto the students. These days, tuition accounts for about half of public college revenue, while state and local governments provide the other half. But a few decades ago, the split was much different, with tuition providing just about a quarter of the revenue. And then state and local governments were picking up the rest. But over the 30 years between 1991 and 2022, average tuition prices more than doubled, increasing to 10700 from 4100 at public four-year colleges and increasing to 38000 for tuition from 19000 at private institutions over the last 30 years after adjusting for inflation, according to the college board. Quote, wages haven't kept up. Household income has been stagnant, said higher education expert Mark Kantrowitz. Because so few families can shoulder the burden of the rising costs of college, they increasingly have turned to federal and private aid to help foot the bills. The shift to high tuition and high aid has caused a massive total volume of debt, according to Emily Cook, an assistant professor of economics at Tulane University. Quote, the federal government should get out of the student loan business, said Deanna Roth, an economics professor at George Washington University and former chief economist at the Department of Labor. Quote, with nearly no limit on the amount of students on the lim- with nearly no limit on the amount students can borrow to help cover the rising cost of college, there's an incentive to drive up tuition, she said. Now schools can charge as much as they want, Roth added. Quote, once families hit their federal student loan limits, they now turn to parent student loans and private financing to be able to send their kids to college, an increasingly necessary step for people to have a decent shot at landing in the middle class. 
quote, more and more students feel the need to go to graduate school to be competitive in the job market. And more time in school means more costs and a greater need for borrowing. And around 40% of the outstanding federal student loan debt is now taken on post-college for master's and PhD programs. Quote, average student debt balances among parents was now, is now, was, was 35,000 in 2018, up from around 5,000 in the early 1990s. Meanwhile, the private student loan market has grown 70% over the last decade, according to the Student Borrowing Protection Center. Americans now owe more in private student loans than they do for past due medical debts or even payday loans. Every year, millions of new students are pumped into the student loan system, while current borrowers struggle, struggle to exit it. Many recent graduates cannot afford the standard 10-year repayment timeline, according to Kantrowitz. Quote, generally people choose the repayment plan with the lowest monthly payments, which is also the plan with the longest term, he said. And as a result, it now takes people 17 years on average to pay off their education debt. Data by the U.S. Department of Education shows many borrowers are now putting their loans on hold through forbearances, which cause their debt balances to mushroom with interest and the widespread widespread failures of the government's forgiveness program have left those who had expected their debts to be written off after a certain period of time still shouldering it. Quote, the average loan balance at graduation has tripled since the 1990s to $30,000 from around $10,000, and around 7% of student loan borrowers now owe more than $100,000 in debt. Without any intervention over the next two decades, Kantrowitz estimates that the outstanding student loan debt could hit $3 trillion. Quote, given how linear the growth in student loan debt is, it makes these events very easy to predict. Well, that's the article, and that is from CNBC News. And it's a recent article, so that's pretty recent data. And let's discuss this. I mean, what happens when people are $1.7 trillion in student loan debt? 44 million Americans owe that. Well, they don't buy homes. They don't buy cars. They don't take vacations. They don't have money to spend. They can, they can barely afford their loan payments. And what's worse, student loans is one of the only forms of debt that is not dischargeable in bankruptcy. What does that mean? It means you carry it to your grave. It means if you don't pay, it just keeps building interest and interest and interest and higher debt and higher debt and higher debt. It just doesn't go away. So you could borrow fifty or sixty thousand to go to college, and if you don't pay on it after ten or twenty or thirty years, you might owe one hundred to two hundred thousand. Then that's what happens. People just get further and further into debt, and they cannot discharge it in bankruptcy, which makes it very different than almost all other kinds of debt in the United States, which can be discharged in bankruptcy. So our bankruptcy code gives everyone a clean start when they need it, except for people that borrowed money to go to college. Now, that's kind of a perverse incentive when you think about it. So we're basically punishing the people that are seeking to better themselves. We're punishing people that want to get a college degree because they can't discharge their debt if they're unable to pay it. That is the existing landscape in the United States higher education system. Colleges raising their own salaries to take advantage of, of this situation. And private borrowers, private banks, taking advantage of the situation to better their own situations. And the state and federal governments cutting back on money for colleges to better their own balance sheets. 
But by doing all of these things, it has shifted the burden of college directly onto the students because the families can't afford to pay. Now, to be clear, I have known families that do have the ability to pay, and they don't give the money to the students. The parents spend the money on themselves, and the students are left just increasing their own debt and their own debt and their own debt until it just becomes unmanageable, and it breaks them. I have seen families that do that. I don't agree with it, but I have seen that. So I'm not saying that all families can't afford it. I'm saying some families can afford it and do pay, and other families, uh, you know, they... They can't, they can't afford it and they spend the money on the parents and parents get new boats and new houses and new cars. And at the same time, their students are going further and further into debt. It does make you wonder about the ethics of these parents. But nonetheless, that's not always the case. I don't, I don't know many families that can afford. I mean, you're, let's face it, you're paying the tuition. And then on top of that, you're paying for food and lodging. And it can run anywhere at a public university from 30000 a year to a private university, which can run seventy, eighty, ninety thousand a year. And you do that times four years for undergraduate, and then you add three or four years for graduate school, and that's enough to basically break the bank and force people to borrow money that they might not be able to repay. It's not particularly the case when you go into a good career, a career that's in high demand. So for example, if you go into a high demand career, let's say you become a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner, the odds are you're going to be able to pay back your student loans, even if you do go heavily into debt, because those are high demand, high paying jobs. But not everyone does that. Let's say you go and get a graduate degree in something that is not high paying or high demand, and you graduate thinking you're going to get a job or you think you're going to get a high paying job, and you cannot. The marketplace doesn't offer that. You're not able to do that. So where you anticipated the ability to repay, law is a good example. People going to law school, they borrow money to do it. They graduate. There aren't enough jobs. The jobs don't pay very well, and they can't pay back the debt. This is an American tragedy that is unfolding before our eyes. It is currently affecting 44 million Americans. That's a lot of adults that are being affected, that are basically having their finances wrecked by the high cost of college and the fact that they have to borrow money to go. So uh, this, this is the landscape we're facing. You know, We are basically punishing the people that are our best and our brightest. Is it not a clear sign, yet another clear sign, of the decline and fall of America? I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the great Misty Beyond, wishing you a great day.